The first cell phone was demonstrated in 1973 by Martin Cooper. You know what wasn't demonstrated? Shared plans. Over 50 years later, you can save on one line thanks to Visible. When you switch to Visible, the wireless company that makes wireless visible, you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. No hidden fees. No, really. You can look around for them. They're not there. Switch now at Visible.com. Save on wireless without the hassle. Switch to Visible today and save at Visible.com. Monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms. Visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Beyond! 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 Welcome everybody to Beyond, episode 509. My name is Max Scoville and I'm joined by Marty Sleva. Hello all. And Andrew Goldfarb. Hello all. This episode is a little bit later than usual. We're usually a little bit late, but not this late because of a number of factors. Halloween. First, first there was Halloween, which is happening <laughs> a few months from now. <laughs> yep. Uh, and we were excited about yeah. it, so we didn't come to work on Monday. Yeah. I had, also, it was Labor Day, but that's a coincidence. Well, we had a, and we all had the tantrums. Right. You had the tantrums yeah. because you went to PAX, uh, PAX West? PAX West. PAX West. Right. Formerly known as Prime. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's past its prime, I guess. It uh, is. Ooh, yeah. So how was, how was wow. that? How was, how was PAX? Uh, it was good. It was exhausting, but good. Uh, we did a couple panels. We met a bunch of Beyond fans. Those are, that was very nice. If, if you said hi, hello again. Um, we got to play a bunch of games. Yep. We played what, what sort of PlayStation? Well, we did. The weird thing was PlayStation is the only first party that didn't hold their own event. Yep. So we went to an ID at Xbox event, uh, which was a bunch of Xbox indies at the Microsoft campus. And then we went to a Nintendo indies event at a museum. Yep. There was just no Sony event, which was kind of a bummer. Yeah. We, we, have a conversation you can watch on the site i think i assume it went up uh where we were talking about the fact that like sony for so long was synonymous with indies and it's kind of a bummer seeing them not literally not there like mm. not having any kind of push not having do any kind think, of event do you think that's a lo- like a local thing because microsoft and nintendo are both in washington yeah i mean Maybe. that's a good point but yeah. i mean it packs in general right like even just walking around the floor like I, it seems like talking to various indie devs like they're more excited about switch right now mm-hmm. um and it's weird because like also, seeing a lot of games at the ID at Xbox event, like, yeah, a lot of those games are multi-platform. I just don't think we're getting that push that we were getting for a while with, like, Rhyme and Rocket mm-hmm. League and, like, all these things that seem to debut on PS4 and do really well. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see uh, how that's... It seems like Sony's sort of turned their giant monolithic eye towards the big AAA stuff, mm-hmm. like... Uh, or uh, third-party stuff, like Battlefront and Call of Duty and Destiny and, and Far Cry. And it makes sense because those games are going to move yeah. systems. It's, exactly. It's not like we're not getting PS4 indie games. Oh, no, they're exactly. Just, they're just no, not... Exactly. Just yeah. the spotlight isn't being... Yeah. And that's what I mean when I say debut on PS4. I'm not even talking about launching. I'm saying they're, like, revealed on PS4 stage or, like, they're, like, mm-hmm. at... Like, E3, there was always a segment on indies I don't think we're really getting anymore. I just feel like they... Have, like I think you nailed it. I think they're they're moving towards focusing on third parties um, with exclusive content, you know, and that's where the money is. Like even, good for them. Even but. stuff like uh, Undertale just came out on PS4 and Vita, mm-hmm. and but it was revealed right before the Sony conference. If you remember, there was like a Sony pre-show, and mm-hmm. they sort of just were like, "And this is coming." Whereas like a couple of years ago, it was something like they had Transistor up on their stage. It seems like this would have been something where they would have brought Toby Fox up. I almost said Toby Keith. Yeah, that would have been Toby really Keith weird. Coming if, up yeah. Undertale, yeah, they could bring out awesome. Red Fox. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> really, really odd. Jeff Foxworthy is going to talk about that skeleton uh, kissing game. Now, did you guys each play any games you want to talk about at all at PAX? Anything cool? Uh, I'm really excited. Speaking of indie games coming to everything, uh, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition. Mm. Uh, Nintendo revealed it during their little indie presentation, but it's coming to all consoles early next year. Um, Kentucky Route Zero is this really awesome episodic adventure game for PC that is like one of the coolest takes on magical realism. Mm. It's like takes place in the American South, but has some of the best writing and music and uh, just a unique visual style. So I think anyone who dug like Broken Age or um, even something like Edith Finch, I think is, is really and this. That's like they haven't they haven't put out the final episode. No, right? so, yeah, so Act One I reviewed back in 2013. Yeah, so, yeah. so I think I played like a, a demo or preview of it or something, so. and I was I was like, I'm gonna hold off until the whole thing is out. And I think I just, fell asleep, I just <laughs> fell asleep behind the wheel, and I'm like, is it done yet? Is it's, it out? Oh yeah, four and a half years is a long time. It's gorgeous. Yeah, it's got well, a great, I mean, like low poly aesthetic. Yep, yep, it's yep. Very. It was such a cool. funny event for that reason because everything there was like stuff that's like sort of 
been around for a while. Like, uh, we also saw Shovel Knight King of Cards, which is a really cool brand new campaign, new controls. Like, I'm super excited for more, but it's funny because like, God, that's closing out four years of Kickstarter promises, basically. Mm-hmm. Like, it, it's pretty crazy seeing these things. And like, Super Meat Boy Forever is another one that's like, it was awesome. And I played it on Switch and I'm really excited for it on PS4 too. But it's just like, what a weird thing that we saw that revealed in what, 2015 at PAX? Yeah. yeah so it's it like a lot of these games have kind of been floating around for quite a while. Was there anything you hadn't seen before at all at PAX? Um, well, I mean, you played Biomutant for the first time. I played Biomutant for the first yeah. time. Yeah. The weird thing about PAX is it's right after Gamescom and it mm. seems like we had already done giant things with like Assassin's Creed and Mordor and, or Shadow of War. Uh, but yeah, I got to play Biomutant, which I think we talked about on the show the last couple mm-hmm. weeks. Um, how it's cool because it's exciting just because it's something new it's a new ip it's visually distinctive yeah and this is this is former just cause devs yeah. making a weird animal rpg action open world game. yeah right. totally uh and it's like sort of it's, it's like kung fu meets journey to the west meets like fern gully ish okay. like uh it had sort of the way they talked about it like yeah it's an action rpg where you have melee combat and range combat and elemental attacks and you're growing your character but uh the world seems very much almost like fable or like a bioware game where you have dialogue trees and you sort of have you could become good or you could become evil and you can you find these sort of tribal leaders and you can befriend them or imprison them and then ultimately the, the whole thing is it's like mid-apocalyptic so there's a tree of life and it's dying and you can choose to try to save it or you could just be like it doesn't matter let's just see what happens when the when the world burns wow. around us yeah which seems cool huh. and it's like a little like weird fival ferret little man i'm honestly really surprised there nothing jumps out because like pax to me is always about like the indie mega booth mm-hmm. and yeah. just like a bunch of like strange games i'd never seen before and maybe they'd that was their first time showing them I mean, off. There were a lot of cool stuff like that. Uh, we like by virtue of having a smaller amount of people there this year, it was really only me and you, me and you from editorial. Like mm-hmm. we saw a lot of stuff, but like a lot of our things were appointments for like Microsoft and Xbox. Mm-hmm. So like I barely even got over to the indie mega booth and I know there's stuff like monster prom, like UFO 50 and all these like cool yeah. weird games. I, would love to check yeah. out. I yeah. heard very good things about monster prom. Apparently yeah. that is a competitive dating sim. Yeah. So many people came up and was like, Andrew, did you yeah. play monster yeah. prom? Like and several so, people were like, Andrew, yeah. did you play monster prom? I was so bummed that my answer had to be no. Yeah. I'll check it out. UFO 50, same thing. I think it's such a cool idea and I obviously love the pedigree. Did you skip it. your monster prom? I did. Yeah. To read the Dark Tower and then. <laughs> then I got to interview oh, Stephen King himself. Yeah, I'm bummed I wasn't at PAX. Um, we missed you. Yeah, I don't know why I wasn't there. I, I don't know if that was my fault or someone else's fault, but I'm, I blame someone. It's society's yeah, fault. That was, yeah. that was a human error. Yeah. yeah uh, it was a height limit, actually. They, had, uh, they, <laughs> had, uh, they, they uh, lowered the doorways <laughs> yeah. this year and, uh, you know, for safety reasons. It's a head bumping yeah. hazard. Yeah. You can't have yeah. that. Now, one big thing that happened this week is reviews are up for NAC 2. <gasps> and it's good. What? Yeah. Yeah. The reviews are good. You guys yeah. just did like a let's play of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Which, uh, you should go over to our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash IGN beyond. Uh, we are doing weekly let's plays now. I think they're going up every Thursday. Uh, a couple days ago, um, you, Max, you and Brian did an everybody's golf one where you created like a weird little Smurf goblin. So I want to be honest. I've been playing everybody's golf pretty regularly. Uh-huh. Uh, well, I was until we did that let's play and I had like my character down and it was just me. And it looked exactly like me. It had like the same shoes and everything. And then Brian was like, let's mess up your settings. Like, let's make you into this like blueberry gnome. This like horrible little thing that runs around. And now I'm like, I'm dreading going back in and try to like tweak everything. So it looks like I just don't want to do that again. It's a but, golf game. It's yeah. like, I'll get better at it, but you know, I'll play online, but like, I, I don't know. I know. I feel you know like what? I, it's yeah. not your golf. It's everybody's golf. Apparently. Yeah. Finally, uh, a golf tried, for me. But yeah. I tried to make it my golf. It's not, <laughs> yeah, it's not the game. game. Uh, but yeah, NAC 2 is out in the wild. Uh, positive reviews. Andrew and I did a let's play of the opening of the game. We played co-op. We did. I was, I was blue. You were red. Yeah. We looked like, it kind of looked like Sonic and Knuckles in a weird way. It also, the mm-hmm. let's play got kind of sexual. Yeah. Well, well, when, what happens yeah. when you have this kind of tension? They're like Sam, Sam and Diane. Am I right? Yeah. Rachel Ross. Honda Mitsubishi. <laughs> Yeah. The sexual so tension between so, those two cars. So the game about the blocks is good or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it feels like if the, the first knack very much felt like a launch tech demo-y thing, which we get like mm-hmm. most consoles launch with something like this. Like the PS2 launch wasn't great. The PS3 launch wasn't great in terms of lineup. Um, this one feels more like a game for sure. And I mean, it's like, I, I feel like I've said that ad nauseum now because that's pretty much been my, like my, just absolute shocked reaction to playing this the first time at PSX. And then again, when we played more recently, 83 was like, yeah, it feels more complete. Um, I still think it's missing something like it does. I don't think the characters are like super compelling or anything like they need one more step to, to get it to be great. But like, it, it's so much more playable. I think, especially if you, if you are even co-op with like your little brother or your kid or something. How did knack like become like knack became this like big thing on the internet. 
Did it? Like yeah, knack it's jokes. The best game of all time. Well, like knack jokes. A lot of people say that. Like I think because joke? I think that people have become sort of like. I mean, they've identified what a launch title is, and that when when something is like they're just they're gonna make it, they're gonna make it a franchise yeah. because you have to because there is there is that level of like you know brand recognition. Sure. I don't think it deserves to be quite as hated as I think it is by some people. Like I think it's uh it's a really easy punchline, but I genuinely think it's like a fun little, especially as like a forty dollar title. I don't like, think yeah, anyone hates it though. I think it's like a post-ironic like meme thing. Yeah, it's like Shrek. True. Like the people who who make all the Shrek jokes. I, I did say it reminded really... me of a DreamWorks movie. So yeah, there we yeah. go. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, it's weird, weird to look at this fall because it this is straight up like revenge of revenge of launch titles. Like yeah, we've well, got it's... Destiny. We've got yeah, we've got Wolfenstein. We've got Knack. Yeah, that's, that's funny. It's like everything from 2013 and 14 is coming back. We've got some Far Cry yeah, coming around. Yeah. Like it's yeah, yeah. It's it's weird. It's a funny time for Sony. We were just talking about this about how like they have a lot of Japanese titles this year. Like we obviously had Gravity Rush at the beginning of the year and now we're getting like their whole fall lineup first party is uh Knack and Everybody's Golf out of Japan Studio and then GT Sport out of Polyphony. So it's like they're like yeah well, obviously we got Horizon this year too, but I think they're kind of paving the way for a lot of the Western studios next year. Yeah. yeah. Which we can see at E three between, you know, God of War and Days Gone and Spider Man yep. and everything. Yeah, we're, this is, we've been saying this for a minute. This is like, we're getting the beginning of games actually coming out and getting to that point where we get to play them and it's a fun time and everything. But there's that, there's that weird exhaustion where we're like, we've been talking about games, wanting them to come out. And by the time they actually come out, it's like, all right, what else is on the horizon? What's, what's coming around the corner there? And, uh, one of those things that's slated for 2018 is, Crystal Dynamics is working on an Avengers game or one of the many Marvel projects that yeah. are floating around out there. I think Square has two of them. There's, what is it? Square Enix Montreal is doing one and then. Yeah. Crystal we don't Dynamics. know what the Crystal other. Dynamics and IDOS, I think are. Is it IDOS? Yeah. We don't know what the other, like the other ones are yeah. going to be Guardians of the Galaxy, but this thing had like a proper teaser trailer right. with the, all the Avengers weapons and all that stuff. So too. some job listings popped up yeah. for this, which make me kind of worried about it, I guess. Um, these, I mean, again, take these with a grain of salt, but there was a job listing for a lead level designer position. Max hates lead levels. I really don't like lead levels. They're not, they're very, they're very, they're too popular. They're a little pussy. Uh, no, it says focusing on level development, uh, specifically referring to a fun and unique online experiences and also the social implications of shared gameplay as well, as well as various game modes and campaigns. I'm cool with various game modes and campaigns, but <laughs> yeah. the whole, like, the shared social space. It's Destiny, right? It's, like, it yeah. sounds like Destiny, Destiny with Avengers. Which, yeah. uh, I don't make sense to me, because I feel like we're at a point where everyone wants their Destiny. Like, we got EA's has Anthem mm-hmm. on the horizon. Uh, we have this. It, it, Ubisoft has a division. Like, people very much see, like, that Activision sort of, like, struck gold. And with, even active, like it even sounds like headquarters mode in Call of Duty is trying to get into it. Yeah, of shared that. social spaces, which, yeah, I guess just to mention it, we have it here at the end, but, uh, PSA Destiny 2 is out. Uh, our review in progress is literally being done live as we speak by Destin Legary. Uh, we are not the people to listen to about Destiny 2, so check out Fireteam Chat. Check yeah, out Destiny 3. A dedicated Destiny podcast. Also, yeah. this was weird. I just want to, I want to give a nice plug to this. Uh, Destin, who appropriately enough really likes Destiny, yeah. which I think is stupid enough on its own just because, <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Isn't your favorite Beatles song Maxwell's Golden Hammer? I hate that song. <laughs> it's also not a Beatles song. You just, you, you screwed. Isn't it? Silver Hammer. Maxwell's Golden Hammer? What's that? That's not a, I don't I know what like that a is. Max and the anyway, anyway, <laughs> Destin was live streaming Destiny and while he was doing this, he had his leg up and his knee was his bare was in the frame. His, his Destin's knee was in Dest in the Destiny live stream, and I, I know that sounds like a stupid joke I would make, but it's all on, on like TVs around IGN, the offices, and we're just like, is that really <laughs> Destin's knee on the Destiny live stream? This is the this is like stupid joke. This, Destin doesn't really make jokes, so like that's not like the kind of thing he would do on purpose. Uh, um, anyway, uh, uh, this doesn't worry me. This makes sense. Yeah, I don't like, think it worries me. It's just it's less of a. Like the thing with those games is you can kind of only pick one. Like mm-hmm. you're you're not gonna have 500 hours in all of those games. So it's like it's a weird like it's it's only a gamble in terms of like you have to be pretty confident that you're gonna be able to steal players away yeah. from Destiny. But like by you know. the by virtue of it being an Avengers game, like it, this thing is going to be meant to be played with multiple people. 
That's just what it like. Otherwise, you make an Iron Man game. Yeah, you know, you make totally. it, like the Avengers. Is, it's teamwork. It's it's all these individual Marvel movies finally cramming together. And so I get that it's like I don't think this game by any stretch is going to be an MMO, but I do think it's going to be a thing to where four or five of you can team up and play through the campaign as you know Hulk and Hawkeye. It's going to be like a hero shooter type of thing, maybe. But so the other hit on the other mark, which says they're uh, looking for an experienced combat designer who can work with the rest of the team to quote uh, plan, prototype, and build combat systems that directly apply to a third-person cover-based mm-hmm. action adventure game. So it almost sounds more along the lines of like, so like the, like I would like to see it be like almost drop-in, drop-out co-op kind of thing where it's like you can start playing through as Iron Man or whatever, but then if if, if he's playing as Iron Man and you're playing as Hulk, you can join his game and you guys can team cool. up. Like I feel yeah. like that could be a really cool like Destiny style. Thing. And like, I mean, yeah, go it ahead. could also be really interesting. I, we've seen the kind of the rise of the hero shooter um, where it's like, it's basically like a fighting game roster but in a kind of team-based setting you know mm. which is interesting and stuff like overwatch and, and battleborn yeah. and all that and we've got the heroes and villains mode in, in battlefront and i feel like if you took that and made it like a pve setting which does yeah. sort of exist yeah. that's what that's what destiny is but it's with less of a it's that's more focused on like rpg class systems yeah. and building your own character uh maybe that's how you make that work you know? i mean i could totally see since this isn't beholden to the mcu like it'll clearly drawing characters that you are familiar with from the MCU movies. But I totally think I could see this having action RPG elements to where you're playing as Thor, but the loot you get can be various Thor things from throughout all of comics. Mm -hmm. So you can get the Thor Ragnarok Thor. You can get the sort of Golden Age, yeah, like, like looking that's what, for, like what I love. I love what Injustice did Mm because they, they stay, they managed to stay on the style guide for Injustice, which is, Style guides mostly out the window. Yeah. It's like zeros in there and yeah. like leather yeah. face or whatever. But like, I don't know. Yeah, that's the, the style guide got weird quick. But they still were like, okay, so here are different versions of Harley Quinn. Like here are different like Joker costumes and none of them are exactly like you unlock the full movie version. It's more like these are all like nods Inspired to different directions. By yeah. Yeah. And you can, you know, mix and match and do that accordingly. So I think that's a cool way to go about it. But yeah. And I could totally see sort of it can be, you know, a real time combat, but also have these like special abilities with cool Mm-hmm. Um, you know, almost sort of like a more actiony, uh, open version of like the Marvel Ultimate Alliance or X Men Legends games. Right, right. It's also just a really cool thing to think about Marvel games on kind of a bigger level because they're kind of one by one checking off every genre. Because like if, if you do want something less shared open world, like Spider Man seems to be more of like a traditional action game. Sure. Obviously, Guardians is a Telltale adventure game. Like. Marvel vs. Capcom is a fighting game. Like you're slowly building out this cool roster of just games in general that are all set in that universe. Yeah, and like the whole third person cover based action adventure game. That's what Rise of the Tomb Raider is. Yeah, all those words apply to Rise of the Tomb Raider. There's also it's also worth pointing out that yeah, this could also be just the multiplayer portion of like a single player game. Oh sure, sure. Uh, Yeah, I mean because you know Tomb Raider has multiplayer, but yeah, you know everyone just assumes that we're talking about the single. Yeah, no, that's a really good point actually. Yeah, Yeah. and uh, I think the interesting thing about this too is like I don't know how big. Crystal Dynamics. Like, I don't know if they're a multiple team studio. I feel like through Tomb Raider and Rise of the Tomb Raider, they weren't. I feel like they had the one core team. And like, obviously, some people were working on Rise of the Tomb Raider, I'm sure, when Tomb Raider 1 was being worked on. But we don't know. Like, there's been the rumors of uh, Shadow of the Tomb Raider, which hasn't officially been announced, but what everyone assumes is the third Tomb Raider game. But that might be IDOS. All of the rumors that that's IDOS, yeah. Yeah. So it's like the more the, – Crystal, I do think, is one team or at least whatever focuses on yeah. one major project. But like – the more confusing thing to me is like if IDOS is like because Deus Ex is kind of done at this point, so I'm I'm more interested in like what's going on up in Montreal. Like yeah. I feel like that's if they're actually working on this and Shadow of the Tomb Raider and a Guardians game, that's a little confusing. Or maybe this is entirely Crystal. So I, I'm just yeah. Obviously, they're not going to answer that question anytime soon. But I'm where's, really curious to Gex? see who's working on what. Where's, is, where's Gex? Exactly. What's Gex up? Where's he? Yeah. Where that man hasn't uh, entered. Ryan J. Nims from our Facebook group, which is facebook.com slash group slash podcast beyond, if you want to go join that. Uh, he asked, if the gameplay were made to perfectly go with the superpower, which comic book character would you like to be made into a game? I think this is a fantastic question. Yeah. And it is also the huge problem in making a good Marvel game because what makes Marvel kind of stand apart is that it's all the superheroes hanging out and yeah. you kind of have this jack of all trades approach to making characters yeah. and there have been I mean Spider-Man works because it's swinging it's a, mm-hmm. it's a fun it's a fun mechanic and also Spider-Man works alone but with a lot of X-Men games they're like how do we make all the powers balanced and they and they're good and they yeah. work and it's they don't necessarily that's yeah. the hard part like I what I really like about Infamous and about I mean I guess Last Light a little or I mean yeah Last Light a little bit but I'll or, sorry Second Son a little bit uh, as well as Infamous 2 is like 
you kind of have the best of both worlds yeah. because you're just swapping powers as one character. Um, so like I, to me, that's probably the best superhero franchise more so than the licensed ones. So it's like, I, like I would love to see like a Quicksilver game. I think like nobody's really nailed like running quickly like that. But at the same time, like you're probably going to get a better mix if you like mm. just have the ability to swap. Yeah. I would say of the, uh, like I think the Arkham games have done a good job of of mostly making it feel like what it would be like to be Batman between mm. sort of swinging through the city and what the combat would feel like and some sure. light detective stuff. Uh, I mean, that's the, that's also the problem with like it makes sense to be Batman and to get gadgets and to be yeah. a detective, but yeah, there's, there's an inherent puzzle solving yeah. there. Whereas that's why Superman games always suck is that he's, he's got he's, all the powers already. Brute force, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I feel like. Iron Man totally makes sense. Like we saw that Anthem demo and that thing totally looked like Iron Man. Just like that, that, you know, that jet suit. Mm-hmm. Um, and just again, since he is also like the smartest guy in the room kind of thing, uh, uh you could also like invest in like yeah. a 401k. That'd be weird. Stock yeah. options. Yeah. Just like a, write, a little stock trading mini game. Does diversify your bonds. You got to write like press releases and talk yeah. to pepper pots about what's smart for, you know, I mean, yeah, man, th- that's actually thinking about an Iron Man skill tree where you can invest in certain things is actually really smart. That like you could like focus on flight or focus on brute force. Like you can upgrade yourself into Hulkbuster where you're super strong, or you can upgrade yourself into like mm. whatever, like a, a super sleek like. Or get your like little drone boys that they yeah. have in the movies. Um, yeah. It sucks that they didn't. We didn't get like an Iron Man game in the works from like a really just reputable studio. Yeah. Right after Iron Man one, as opposed to being yeah. like, let's do like a licensed game real quick. Get yeah. It. Especially yeah. like when you think of the end of Iron Man three with like the thirty different Iron. Man yeah. armors like it, it would be incredible to have a game where you're switching back and forth. Cool as hell. Yeah, and they uh, uh, there was the one of the games I reviewed. One of the first games I reviewed uh, when I got this job was the Captain America game, which was based on the first Captain America movie. Oh yeah, and it was mechanically it just cribbed everything from the Arkham games. Like the combat system was a hundred percent the same. It's really funny. Uh, which like combat wise, like he is sort of like mm-hmm. the Batman in the Arkham games fights like how Captain America fights in the movies where it seems like every time he punches someone, it's like a shotgun blast sound. Um, so I can totally see that. And Hulk ultimate destruction was really fun. Yeah. The Hulk games were, yeah. were surprisingly good. I feel like, man, a Captain America game would be really fun too. Like targeting the different enemies and like throwing your shit. Yeah. And thing and getting well, it's fun. also, I mean, just, it'd be just Wolfenstein, but with no guns. Yeah. yeah. Seriously. That yeah. makes any sense. No yeah, guns. Some, same some amount guns. of Some guns. Same amount of Nazis. Um, I always thought like there was a Deadpool game. It's uh Activision did oh, yeah. that. That was uh High Moon Studios. Nolan North uh, was Deadpool. Surprisingly right? fun. I've heard that like five hours of content got chopped out of that game oh. and that Nolan North was just kind of goofing around the whole time and there's yeah. like there's there are still really fun parts in that where it does uh it does the character justice. Mm-hmm. Um there's a part really late in the game. I I don't think it I don't even know if it counts as a spoiler. I think we're far enough. Yeah, he, he he doesn't he doesn't break he, he sort of what? breaks the fourth wall. He's always breaking the fourth sure. wall because he's I a mean, video game character that's, and he's that's just, Deadpool. Yeah, he's cracking yep. jokes left and right. But there's a part where a cutscene ends, and I think like it does that thing where the camera moves in and it it goes back to like in game like in game you know engine whatever, and then Deadpool's walking and you're like the camera stays behind and he turns around. And he's like, "Are you coming or not?" And, and then the controls kick in and you yeah. have to like move the camera to like catch up with him. That's like he just cool. started walking. He's like, oh, that's hey. cool. um, so there's some cool stuff like that. There was that game, uh, never dead where you had oh, your limbs blown I, that off. Was, that game was around. so bad. That game was very <laughs> bad, but I felt like that mechanic would totally be dead in Deadpool. Yeah. Oh, like I a, totally a game yeah. where you, I forgot about that game. Yeah. A game where you have to like get dismembered kind of tactically. Yeah. And yeah. You're like, well, I can roll my head through this thing to solve a puzzle. Yeah. And then put I mean, myself back together. There was kind of puppeteer, which was like, you're like switching between heads. It's yeah. not quite the same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I forgot about never. Did. Um, God, what was that? Uh, uh, it just came out. It's the hotline Miami, but teleporting. Uh, Mr. Oh, Shifty. Mr. Shifty, Mr. Yeah. Shifty is totally like a Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler game. game. Yeah. Um, again, I think the problem is also with, with a lot of Marvel characters is they, uh, aside from a handful of solo ones, like they mostly have are part of teams or they interact with each other. And they sort of, of have and, one very specific mechanic. Yeah. Like you said, Mr. Shifty, which is a very simple game. You're like, oh, that's the Nightcrawler game because that's what Nightcrawler like, does. I love Nightcrawler, but I don't think he could carry his own game. No. Yeah. He's just, he's, Remember, you did know. you ever play the X-Men game for Sega Genesis? Oh, hell yeah. It was, a, it was just a very hard game. It was a very hard game. I played that with lots of cheats on an <laughs> emulator. Um, but yeah. So, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited about the idea of, of good Marvel games. I just hope they're good. Yeah, I mean, we're, they're, Marvel's giving them to the right developers by having Capcom make a fighting game and having Crystal Dynamics and Insomniac make these big, you know, action-adventure games. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Now, there's something written here on my on my doc that I, I'm going to just get very excited about. It says, L.A. Noir Remastered is coming to PS4, and it then is. immediately b- below that I wrote, Marty, what is this? Tell us, please. <laughs> yeah, and this is just an this morning. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, L.A. Noir, which is 2011? 
Summer 2011, I think we just hit the six-year mark. That sounds right. It is right because it was right when I joined the industry. Oh, my God. Um, That's insane. That's is, that it's getting a remastered version for uh, PS4, Xbox One, and Switch, surprisingly, as well as a VR experience thing for Vive. And we should say they didn't announce anything for PSVR, which kind of sucks. But yeah, it, like I wonder if that if it could happen. We don't really know sure. what this is yet, but like yeah, that would be cool if it came to PSVR eventually yeah. too. And so this is the uh, it includes all the DLC and some like upgrades to the lighting and textures and stuff. And which is funny because like upgrades to lighting and animation stuff would actually be important in this game because if if you guys don't know, I guess this is a uh, Team Bondi developed published by Rock or in unison with Rockstar. Uh, I believe Rockstar co-developed and like over and okay. it was published by yeah, yeah yeah um and it, it takes place it's what 1930s la and you play a detective yeah. uh you know solving murders but it dealt with crime scene investigations in a really interesting way to where you really did need to pay attention to things and in conversations with people like look for facial tics and like, that was that was their big selling point was, was they did very early super like crazy mocap yeah yeah and it was like and they had actual actors like your main character was ken cosgrove from mad, from mad men yeah. yeah dan reichert in that I think Dan Riker might be in that game. I'm not really sure. I know he's no, got photos of him getting Dan Riker, who works at Giant Bomb now. Is it just like an front of the show. Like I think he might he be in there. No. I don't know. Okay, this remind. I think that you're thinking I, of Mad Men. No, he was at Game Informer at the time, and I think Game Informer revealed the game. And I think when he went to the studio visit, they put him in the game. God, that's weird. I think that's right. That's uh, right. That kind yeah. of rules. I didn't know that. So here's the thing. I now that you mentioned that, like I was also just getting my start in the industry when this came out. Um, I had. <laughs> I had a CRT TV oh, no. and I played this game on it and there were parts of the game that I couldn't – like there are parts where you have to get – you go to a hotel and there's like a handwritten like ledger and you're supposed to look through it and be like, like who, who – did this person sign in? Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, that's that's cursive on a CRT TV. <laughs> I have no idea what that is. And I was like, I don't know, just like yeah. a literate detective. It was funny <laughs> early in the, the PS3 360 generation. You did hit those point with games where it's like – uh, I remember Dead Rising being a, a specific example of a game where I was playing with a CRT TV and the dialogue was so small mm-hmm. where it'd be a mission prompt and I'm like, I don't know what you want me to do. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time to upgrade TV. On, uh, on the flip side, it also looked basically photorealistic on just, a CRT. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, it's probably going to look incredible on the tiny little Switch screen too. That's going to be great. Yeah. 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 Uh, the thing I find interesting about this, well, there's, uh, there's two things. Is one, uh, this is Rockstar's first foray into VR. Which is very exciting because, like, that's like you know, Rockstar is clearly like one of the premier developers on the planet, and so mm-hmm. them finally dipping their toes into VR, I think, is super exciting, and and I can't wait to see what they would do with this, and then even after this, in terms of like, do you think that yeah. GTA VR support would be a thing? No, but I think like Red Dead could, and I feel like Red Dead is probably a more reasonable mm-hmm. one because like it, like. In a big, crazy, crowded city, I feel like it's a lot harder than in like the desert. Well, and I don't think we can have like Rockstar would never like they could have very easily half-assed the first-person thing when GTA Five came to current-gen consoles, mm-hmm. but they didn't. Yeah, like they went all in, even though it's a mode like no one really has played through that. Seems to play through that game in in first person, but like they were like, we are going to we're, if we're going to do this, we're going to do this right. Yep. So I feel like if they implement VR, they're going to sort of go for broke and try to do it right. That'd be really cool. Uh, and then the other interesting thing is if. Other like would Rockstar go back into the vault and bring some stuff back like Bully or the Warriors or Manhunt or State of Emergency? And they've done like even you can even play GTA 3 and Bully on iOS. So it's like they're not opposed to new platforms. I think that they're like they're in this really interesting boat. Like to me, the interesting thing about this is like, does this mean they're kind of testing the waters for an Eleanor 2? Which is even weirder because I don't know who wants that, and it's not like it's one of their big successes. Right. That's right. also like a just a disaster of a of a like the the stuff that happened with the studio there, oh, or the behind exactly. the scenes stuff. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, real real mess. But yeah. like, I mean, it was a cool game. Um, I don't. I mean, I know people like it. People tend to latch onto Rockstar stuff, and yeah. You know. Well, in VR, if you like the the least appealing parts of that game to me are the open world parts. Whereas, like, if you just make it like like a bunch uh, of crime scene investigations, exactly, like yeah. detective stuff, like I yeah. think that would be rad. And yeah, because the open world was like it did an impressive job of recreating 1930s LA, but it turns yeah. out 1930s LA isn't that interesting. Yeah, there were like around. there were like eight cars. Yeah, exactly. And they go they, very slowly. They went ten yeah. miles an hour. <laughs> yeah, you're like, this you, is great. You could run over stop signs and waste baskets. Yeah, and your guy would be like, I don't know if that's a good way to drive this automobile. Yeah. And you get to the end of your destination, be like, you got a D in driving. You're like, yeah. shut up. D is for driving. That's D true. is for black doll. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's uh, cool. Yeah, that's coming uh, November 14th, I believe. So an interesting time for it to come out. I feel like that would have made more sense to be like. Okay, a July one. release. Yeah, like, exactly. There's not a whole lot to play, whereas like by November 14th, we'll have everything. 
Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Eleanor on Switch. I'm down. Yeah. That's, that's, that's so cool. That's kind of rad. Nice surprise. Uh, classic Rockstar just being like, surprise. Here's yeah. The thing. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in other news, Dead Rising 4, Frank's full package. That's a penis reference. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, his, his entire uh, grundus. Right. So anyway, Dead Rising 4, Frank's full package is coming to PS4 on December 4th. Yeah. Uh, this is funny because Dead Rising 3 was an Xbox One launch title yes. exclusive. Or it was like a, it came out like a month after the Xbox One. Right, right. Yeah. Yep. And then 4 came out and it was last, last December. Was that last December? Yeah. yeah. And then I guess they had a timed exclusivity thing. Yeah. Did and 3 ever come to PS4? Nope. No. Which is weird. Weird. Yep. Huh. Yeah. There was a similar thing. I think Dead Rising, I know 1 and 2 eventually came to PS3. Yeah, but, but there it was, was one of those was I think just on 360 initially. Yeah, it was like there's kind of this odd. It, it yeah, launched. It launched on 360. Yeah, I think the first one did, and then there's like a awesome there's a it. weird bad Wii version too. Yeah, chop oh yeah, drop yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. Where there's um, there, there's like eight zombies. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all go like ten miles an hour. Uh, this uh, this is cool though. I really like this game last fall, and it's also like it feels like a Shane. Blacky in terms of Shane Black's the guy who directed uh, Kiss mm-hmm. Kiss Bang Bang and mm-hmm. Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon, Long Kiss Goodnight. Yeah, Iron Man 3. Iron where Man, it, yep. it takes place. He uh, hates Christmas in Los Angeles. And this yep. takes place uh, in, during Christmas. And so it's like, you know, everything's decked out. Everything's sort of Christmas themed. The mall is Christmas themed. Frank's back. Um, I think it's really cool. And it's also like, this is such a big, dumb, fun, mindless game. And I don't think, like, of all the stuff coming out this fall, which is a ton of stuff, there's nothing really quite like this. Like, I feel yeah. like something like the big open world games like Mordor and, and Assassin's Creed definitely require a lot of thought. Yeah. Whereas this, you can sort of just play and zone out and mow down a ton of zombies. I feel like I might fall in love with this game. Honestly, and they're including a ton of DLC and including a ton of, like, costumes and weapons of uh, other Capcom characters. So, like, they're throwing in all this, like, Mega Man stuff and Street Fighter stuff. I love when they do that. That yeah. was, like, my addiction in the first Dead Rising was, like, finding the Mega Buster and yeah. all that stuff. That was, that was, like, that's the whole big appeal is that it's it's got that weird, goofy level to it. And I feel like with Dead Rising 3, and everyone, I think, echoed this when they revealed it, was it looked like it took itself too seriously. It did, yeah. It was, like, all, like, you know, drab earth tones and yeah. Whereas this, this like, Christmas lights. And one of the big things is, like, the the main sort of major weapon you get is just a, like a mech suit. So you just like get into like a, a just a power suit. And All right, yeah, that works. Yeah, that's cool. That's coming uh, December fourth. Nice. Jay Z's birthday. That is. I know yeah. that from the hit album, the Black Album. It's a good album. Anyway. Resi- <laughs> Resident Evil 7 Gold is coming out December 12th. I think I left off the word edition. You did. Gold edition. Called Resident Evil 7 Gold. Gold. <laughs> All right. Um, that's cool. So this is the game of the year edition, basically. Yeah, uh, exactly. We kind of we call this one a, a mile away because it yeah. dropped in, what, friggin' January or something? Yeah, seriously. It's, um, it's really smart for them to remind people, like, hey, don't forget about us. But it's not just the fact that they're compiling everything together, uh, but it's the fact that we're finally getting the last two pieces of DLC, which mm-hmm. we talked about a long time ago. Uh, one is called the End of Zoe, which is just Zoe is one of the main characters of the game. And one is called Not a Hero, where you play as a character that appears in the game. I won't say who it is because that would be a spoiler. It's really cool that they're doing that. Yeah, and it's also like Resident Evil 7 was really good and it's one of those things where it had the unfortunate timing of coming out being really good and then a couple weeks later Horizon Horizon and Zelda and Persona came out and they were really, really good. Yeah, this should, Um, I mean... I still need to play it, but yeah. I'm a big, a big wiener. Yeah, you put that uh, space helmet on and get real scared yeah, inside. I'm check. Yeah. Also, that's another thing that's really smart is that if anyone gets a PSVR for Christmas yeah. and they're like, "What's good for PSVR?" and it's like, "Ding, ding, ding!" This yeah. entire game you can play and have just your entire pants filled yeah. with this is pee and poop because yeah. it's spooky. <laughs> both of them? Uh, yeah, both of them at the same time. Real Probably bad. The big two back. Uh, <laughs> The Dirty 30. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that means. Is that a bus line? Probably. This, um, this reminded me of the Dirty 8. Um, yeah, no, this game should totally be on Game of the Year like discussions, and it sucks yeah. when, like, because of this weird, like, we don't we don't really have an Oscar season for games, and we don't really have, like, a... Yeah. We did, but yeah. not anymore, yeah. I mean, I mean some, you could argue that the summer blockbuster stuff is the, you know, the fall releases that come around November, October, but... I feel like traditionally it was fall games that tended to get the Game of the Year nods, whereas this year totally seems like it's Q1 games and it's Q it's Q1 games that were meant to be the year before it got delayed basically yeah like, which for the most part it's like things that too. come later yeah. yeah um yeah I think this is cool I think the game was sort of a victim of its first two thirds or so is incredible like I would have scored it somewhere in the nines and then the last third is just a slog uh, and so that totally like leaves sort of a sour taste in your mouth but the game's short like you can get in and out in like six or seven hours which nice. I really like um nice. This what, I don't, this isn't about Resident Evil. Anymore. Resident Evil talk is done. 
Uh, I, I got to play. I got to play. Uh, one thing I forgot. I got to play at Pax was Wolfenstein. Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Nice. And it's the same. Um, it's the same demo that we've seen since E3. Did you guys get a chance to play it then? Mm-hmm. Uh, they gave me a milkshake though. They wanted to get. They a, made a Nazi diner and they were like, yeah. they had like, ah, Fraulein. Uh. So they they tried to do the same thing, but I played the game at like ten in the morning. It's like ten thirty. Like, do you want a strawberry milkshake? And I'm like, no. Yeah, I want, not a great co- time for I want a coffee. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but no, I am so incredibly excited for that game. Like the first one was a sleeper hit, and that whole thing was at the first hour. The first one is not a good yeah, video it game, and then it really becomes badly. an incredible game. Yep. Uh, the the level you play of this is like, you know, it, it's BJ waking up from a coma after several months, and he's in a wheelchair, and he's just feeble, and he like really can't take care of himself, and he's you're know, like a drag in combat, and you're wheeling around this submarine, and he's like. Being like, what am I doing? And the, the Nazis who capture him are like, this is your war hero. This is the terror Blaskovich. Is this guy who, like, you look down and you have a catheter in? Like this, like this, oh, man. this man who can't even go to the bathroom himself is your, is your savior. Um, and so it's just playing through the level. It was like really smartly designed level. The, the character moments were really good. And I, I think this, I don't know when I think this has the potential to be one of those games where game of the year is coming around and we're like, can we live in a world where Wolfenstein wins Game of the Year, or is at least talked about? The idea of having to talk about that in, in Zelda and Persona is very strange. Yeah, right. It's a weird yeah. year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Wolfenstein winning Game of the Year is sort of like Tarantino getting an Oscar. It's like it's right. kind of oh, it's sort of kind of sort of invented first person shooters. Maybe yeah, yeah. maybe give it a nod. Yeah, yeah, give it some love. Yeah. Um, also, also about the, killing Nazis. It's but, got uh, nice boys from Poland making yeah. machine gun games. Um, yeah, I mean, the first one I think is is it is a perfect example of biting off the right amount to chew. Like mm-hmm. it really, it didn't overextend itself. It didn't try too hard in the wrong ways. Like it's a, it, it is a like competence the wrong word. It is a very just to the point first person shooter yeah. with some good tongue in cheek stuff mm-hmm. and some fun mechanics, but they don't like. Like they give you this gun that cuts through walls and you use it for some stuff, but it's not like tedious. Yeah, it almost feels like Moonraker stuff. Yeah, like, like early Bond. And it's like I really like that because I think coming off of like Prey, it's like a cool thing for Bethesda, like messing with technology in like totally different ways. I think like Dishonored and Prey and Wolfenstein are this really smart. Like they obviously have nothing to do with each other, but it puts Bethesda in this cool space where they have all this like weird tech yeah. that feels distinct to each franchise. It also this. Wolfenstein 2 especially this demo reminded me a little bit of Metal Gear (laughs) not in gameplay but in Kojima being super weird and throwing things at you you didn't expect like the fact that the whole demo you're in a wheelchair I'm like oh well a they've sort of done that before Mm -hmm. in Metal Gear Um, the fact that like the 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 main Nazi woman has this daughter that she like fat shames and is like there's these cutscenes where she's like fat shaming her and wanting her to execute people when the the Nazi daughter is clearly like not a bad guy Um, that feels very Metal Gear one of your allies is this like older woman who appears in battle in this like like suit of armor that like almost starts at her boots and then builds up layer by layer and oh, she's yeah, they, pretty much like cyborg ninja. Yeah, yeah, she showed up in the first one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I'm like this kind of feels like Metal Gear huh. in terms of just like, you know, go for well, broke. Yeah. yeah, I mean that's it sounds like weird reconstructionist alternate history with robots involved that definitely sounds like Metal Gear. Yeah. Uh we never got a Metal Gear in World War 2, so mm, yeah. Mm. Um that's rad. I'm I'm very excited for that that game. I've been like totally just I've been cool off of previews except for um Go watch, uh, oh, go watch, oh, go watch Gav yeah. Murphy's it's so Wolfenstein good. preview. It's floating around on IGN somewhere. I think he just yeah. calls it like killing Nazis in Wolfenstein or something. Yeah, like Google that. that. It's, it's, he's, he's basically just like, Hey everybody, sorry, I don't really know much about Wolfenstein, but here we are. And then he's just like killing it. it just, it's just a, it's just a it's fun a good goofy, killing it's a, it's a goofy little let's And he play. ends it with, uh, if you want, uh, you can search elsewhere on IGN for a preview by someone who's actually good at their job. Yeah. <laughs> I like Gav. He's a good guy. He's a good man. Um, I can't. I was sad to hear about his passing. Yeah, it's, we miss you, Gav. You're still with us in here. That's our hearts for those of you listening at home. Anyway, uh, we, yeah, Destiny Two PSA. Go listen to Fire Team Chat. Follow Destin for Destiny stuff. Yeah, we. Uh, that leads me to my first question from Rapid Fire, which is the section of the show when we answer your questions. Dear Mine? listeners, me? no, not you. Oh, if you were, you li- could ask one. If you were listening to the audio version of this, Max pointed at the camera. Not so you Goldie. should go to our oh. YouTube channel, YouTube.com/slash/IGMBeyond, and subscribe, and then you too can be pointed at by Max. Find out what we look like on the computer. <laughs> anyway, uh, Clyde Reeves Nowuski says, "What are the odds of the Beyond crew playing Destiny 2? 
It's getting really good reviews. People really seem to like it. It's a, officially a thing. It is currently it's, being downloaded on my PS4 at home, so the oh. odds for me playing are high. It's daunting. Like I played about six hours of Destiny 1 late for like Game of the Year consideration and then just never like never went back. It was one of those like I had one weekend where I was like, oh, I can see myself and I just didn't. Um, and so with Destiny 2, it's like there's so much that I still haven't caught up on this year. I, I'm not going to start it now. Which means I have such a small chance of going back to it later. It's it not because of, I don't like the game or anything, but because it is like the kind of thing that like if you miss this first like week, it is so hard to catch up with people. Yep. Yeah, I mean it's I I played the first one a bunch. Uh, the very like very early vanilla Destiny, like not even I don't think that even I don't think people would consider that vanilla Destiny. It was like, just Destiny. There was nothing. Yeah, there was like it was like off the disc basically. Yeah, yeah. I weirdly played a bunch of the alpha and the beta. Yeah, me and too. Then, and then it was the same the same exactly. Thing. Yeah. It was the same thing, and Which, that's like part of what turned me off. I'm really glad I didn't play any of that because I saw some people tweeting like. Destiny 2 is finally here. Excited to play through that beginning the 10th time. Yeah, exactly. Which is how we felt sort of by the time Final Fantasy 15 came out. Oh like God, we had played yeah. through that opening section so many times. Yep. But yeah, I haven't touched it yet. I'm, I'm excited from what everyone says. Like uh, I was talking to Sean Finnegan, who's a big Destiny fan. He was saying that the story is immediately like 10 times more interesting than anything that was in original Destiny, which is cool to me. Um, and I've always thought the raids were some of the most interesting things in concept, hearing people talk about how they're these like puzzles. That you yep. have to solve. So, hmm. in a perfect world, I'm going to get that far. In the real world, I probably won't. Yeah, I don't. Honestly, I don't know. Um, it's the lore kind of turns me off. Like, yeah, remember they I was collecting like grimoire cards and reading them, and like lead, going into Destiny, I was really excited for that sure. game. Like I thought it looked amazing. It looked like like Mobius space fantasy. Mm-hmm. It looked like. Uh, like like Jack Kirby drawing Warhammer family. Yeah, like, yeah. It's like got so much cool stuff in it in there. But then they like they just love those words. Like they have this like bungee thesaurus where it's like yeah. ah the covenant and the the I don't know. That's the first one that came to mind. But there's just yeah. always these these like specific words that just sound like epic. I'm yeah. like, okay. That's a, that's the interesting thing about like I'm a huge I know this is a PlayStation podcast. But I'm a huge Halo fan and I love the Halo games and the stories the Halo games tell. But I've never been like. I'm like, I'm yeah. totally fine to take all the games at a surface level and not read mm-hmm. like Fall of Reach and sort of all of that stuff. That was where they kind of started to lose me too because they're leaning harder and harder into that in game. Mm-hmm. Like Halo 4 is like the architect or whatever yeah. or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited. So I don't know. Maybe if Destiny Two falls in my lap, I'll check it out. But uh, yeah, I really do want. What if to Destiny's knee falls into your lap? Ah, <laughs> then I will call the police. <laughs> that might be like I don't know. Maybe over Christmas break, if I happen to be perfectly in the mood, I can see myself pouring much time into it. But it's not like I don't think I'll start it anytime soon. I just don't know. Like I don't. I don't know anything about this game, and so I'm going to go home tonight. I'm probably going to go to a bar first. I'm going to get home drunk and be like, "What character do I choose?" Don't do that. I did that with Mass Effect Two. I looked like Channing Tatum when I woke up, and I had no idea what was going on in that game. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I did that. It was very bad. <laughs> I mean, Master Chief kind of looks like, or not Master Chief, uh, Commander Shepard, like default Shep kind of looks like Channing Master Tatum. Chief kind of looks like Channing Tatum too, though. You don't know what he looks like under that. He's probably pasty. He probably looks like a Weasley. Yeah. Like a tall, seven foot tall Weasley wearing Mjolnir armor. All right. Anyway, uh, Jalen Matthews says, what comic book slash game character would you just like to grab a, grab a drink with and talk with for a day? Uh, Geralt? Of Rivia, yeah, um, right. Dude, yeah. They put up the best video for the 10th anniversary of the Winter right, Games, yeah. and it's like, I, I just it just wore my heart. It was so sweet because it's just like it's Geralt, and he's at his, his vineyard that you get in Blood and Wine, and he's just sort of narrating, and he's like he's addressing the viewer, and it's just this really cool little kind of cutscene they threw together as like a celebration thing, and it was like thanking the thanking you, the viewer, the person who played the games, and Geralt's like, I don't know where I'd be without you, and then yeah. everyone just gathers around for this like stupid like Christmas photo, and the horse walks in, yeah. and it's all like, <laughs> and you're like, ah, oh, it's Dandelion, it's all my friends, oh, I love you guys from the game where you're the, you're the guy who hides the monsters, um, but no, like I love Geralt as a character. I think he's like, he's one of those uh, just rare characters who manages to be like. Very, very human, very like relatable, but also like a total badass when you need to like kill a monster or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I drink with Sully. I want to hear some of Sully's stories. Oh, Sully'd be yeah. great. Sully'd be a great drink. But I, I want to drink with the the dude from Bloodborne, just like the player character, Ugh. just to have him be like, oh my god, <laughs> like yeah. he's just like he's just sounding like, with. Yeah. Me. He's like, <laughs> I like the fact he like sits down. He looks super badass. He takes his hood off. He's like, I've seen so much. It's terrible. No, he'd, I feel like he'd take off his mask. He, first of all, he'd be ordering some drink that like you're like, really? You yeah. want that? He'd, he'd be like, like, 
literal motor oil. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> make me. I'll have it. your cheapest gin with a dusting of plum syrup, and you're like, "What's wrong with you?" And he's like, "I've seen things." <laughs> also, that horse made out of mops stole I all the good so brandy. Much blood, and then I found out where the blood came from. Uh, I was my, my initial answer was going to be. Uh, I was going to name some of the, the girls from uh, Persona 5, and then I realized like they're, all, they're yeah. all like high school juniors. <laughs> that's yeah. on brand, so I guess. Not, that's not on brand. I don't yeah. drink with high school juniors. Also, uh, Kiryu Kazuma. I, oh, I finished, yeah. uh, I finished uh, Yakuza but, 0. I love that game. Yeah. I love that series. Like him and just Goro Majima. I don't know. Like I love when there's like – when there's just, just, just video game characters that you're like, ah, oh, you guys yeah. are like my buds. Oh, oh right. less creepy. Vincent from Catherine. Yeah. He's like a Persona character but of age. Yeah. And what? Catherine with a C, because I like her. I don't like there Catherine with a K, though. Well, yeah. She just wants a bunch of babies like a weirdo. I don't like getting anyone <laughs> pregnant. Practice safe sex. I wouldn't drink with uh, with Snake, with Big Boss. No. I mean, he's he's no. too crazy. He'd like go in the bathroom and come out. He'd, he'd, be like, he'd be like, oh, my friends are dead. And he'd like, put like a urinal cake in his face. He'd be like, what's wrong with you, man? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't yeah. want to drink with Otacon either, because he'd like piss himself and be like, here's my monkey. I'm like, I don't want to. He'd be like, I'll have two Zimas. And he'd like pass out. You're like, dude, come on. Oh, that is bad bar etiquette. It'd be like a super packed bar and he'd order like something really complicated. He's like, damn it, Otacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, Ocelot would be cool though. He'd be, he'd be all right. Yeah, until like he starts making the Ocelot noise and you're like, dude, what are you doing? He'd be like, Meow. And you're like, you're a weirdo. Yeah, I don't know. I like his mustache. Funny. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> Uh, let's see. Elliot Lockwood asks, game you spent all of three seconds with and quit? Uh, short answer for me is Farpoint VR, just because it was like, hey, what if dog-sized spiders were jumping at your face in VR? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Man, I hate that this is my answer, because it's not because I don't like the game, obviously, but Horizon. Because it came in, and then I got Persona for review, and then Zelda, and then you, the rest yeah. of the year happened. You already, you already, obviously, you already I know played that, Persona but. one and a half times at that point. You just didn't know what they but were not, saying. <laughs> yeah. What a great <laughs> review that would have been. <laughs> um, it's really confusing that you don't understand the language um weirdly i played the first this isn't three seconds but i played the first hour of witcher 3 and like i feel like i just need to play that game until i get hooked dude the uh the opening area i was terrified because i've been so excited for that game and the first kind of like little part they start you out in is it's just it's baby steps it's training wheels and then once you get out of there it's like an actual there's actually stuff to do and it's it's interesting Mm -hmm. but that first I, i had this this momentary just like like I was scared. Like yeah. I was scared that the whole game was going to be like that, and I was like, "This is going to suck." Yeah, it's, it's hard. Not- like intros are hard because I think yeah. there are a lot of games that I play for a little bit and I leave for a long time, and I come back and fall in love with them. I'm like, why didn't I get into this faster? And it's just because like it's hard to get hooked. I mean, most of my answers to a question like this aren't because I didn't like the game though. Like my other one would be Next Machina, which I started playing and really liked, but like I'm not gonna like when am I gonna find time to do that? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Games are games are a weird way to spend your time. Sometimes you just like, is this worth the rest of my time? Like I, yeah, I don't know. Horizon is a fantastic game. Like I, yeah. I recognize that top to bottom, and there's just something in there that doesn't work for me. Yeah, and I'm like, you have all the systems here, but I'm I don't want this right now. Yeah, you know? it's also <laughs> tough. Like there's so much good media in all mediums out there right yep. now that sometimes I sit down and I'm like, do I want something that's going to push back at me? Or do I want to watch any of the thousand incredible TV shows on right now or catch up on movies? Or- That's the hard thing. Like, I'm caught up with more TV shows than I've ever been, but it's hurt my time playing games. It's Horizon when you're caught up on Gotham. Yeah. Exactly. At the same time, uh, there are times when I want to watch a movie or something, or I just, like a show, and I'm just, I can't focus on it. Sure. And yeah. ga- games are great because they have that constant, like, carrot in front of the yeah. horse. They're always just like, hey, you gotta go, go to this blinking pink dot, go to yeah. this thing, follow also, this noise. Did I say the name of the wrong house game? I meant Next Machina, right? You said Next Machina. There's Next yeah. Machina, and then the, the other yeah, one was Madfall. My brain is still very broken. I'm still. It's okay. That's why you're events. here. Hit me. Uh, speaking of broken brains, those wacky rabbits sure have that problem. And Mark Carabin says, with yeah, Mario man. plus rabbits being such a critical hit, what Sony first party franchises would you like to see get a similar treatment from a third party team? This is a super good question. Like how similar you're talking, like Uncharted plus rabbits and like God maybe, of War plus rabbits. Maybe that's a little bit, a little bit just kind of off the, off the mark, but I think even just, just trusting, Trusting another studio. It doesn't have to be like a hybrid crossover, but just trusting yeah. another studio. I'd with- like uh, Naughty Dog to give Jack and Daxter to someone yeah. for something. Uh, especially, I really, I like Jack and Daxter one so much. Uh, two and three less so because they got sort of gritty and they were yeah. fell under the influence of GTA during that And I really like Jack X. Like, I, I don't, yeah. it's funny because that's a franchise where 
I don't know what it is, you know, like, I don't know what, same with Crash, honestly, like, I think that, like, he's in, I mean, this kind of happened, I guess, because Crash was in Skylanders, but, like, I would love to see a team do a, from the ground up, brand new Crash or Spyro game and get those from Activision, but, like, I don't know what that is anymore, you know, because it's, it's not, I think the remakes are super fun, but it, it's not doing anything new. Yeah. And I mean, I've been I'm in the process of running a feature where I think it's the perfect time to bring back Crash Team Racing. And I think giving yeah. it to someone like Sumo Digital who did the, mm. uh, the Sonic Adventure, or the Sonic Racing games, which were actually Ooh, yeah, really good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no, fantastic. Totally. Um, like, and I totally think that's a like giant missing gap in, in, I mean, everyone's wheelhouse, I guess, except for Nintendo. Cause Is like, there a kart racing game on PS4 right now? Like, no. yeah, surely there's, Ooh. I mean, Sonic and Racing All-Stars Transformed is, right? It's a PS3 game. That didn't come to PS4? I don't think so. No, that was yeah, a PS3. Yeah. I covered that at 1-Up. Yeah. Mm. Um, came to Vita. It did come to Vita. Really and there was like, oh, oh yeah, there's carding last time. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're like they're like four or five people just angrily writing comments about the kart racing game. I mean, like right? I yeah. loved Mod Nation Racers, but it's like that's one that I think is kind of Who left behind. That? Uh, that no, that wasn't Simo. That was oh my god. My brain. That was uh, United Front Games. Yes, thank you. Yes, yep. Sleeping Dogs. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean that's. I think Crash is Crash and Crash Team Racing are great examples. Uh, I'm, dude. I'm. I think I'm sick of Uncharted at this point. I think we've we've. I think we've kind of run its course there, and I don't. I don't see how you could take something like Uncharted, which is so like dependent on kind of existing media and pop culture and familiar tropes. And take it out of Naughty Dog's hand and expect something something better out of it. You know? I mean, like, like what I like about Rabbids, because I'm actually super far into Rabbids right now, isn't like I hate strategy games, mm-hmm. but like the the really intelligent way they like tie in smart little stupid Mushroom Kingdom things have kept me going just as like a Mario nerd. So it's like I feel like with Uncharted, it would have to be something totally unexpected and surprising where they use that world or use those characters, but it's not a third person game. Yeah. 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 That's a good, point. like yeah. find some kind of completely different genre for it to be. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a future or an alternate history where uh PlayStation all-stars battle Royale came out and was incredible and was like talked about and held in the same regard as smash brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, a, that would have become a franchise that came out every two years. And B, I think that would have opened the door to, all right, what do we throw these, what kind of other scenarios do we throw these characters in? I wish they had done, so like, there was a, when that game leaked way, way back, it was called Title Fight, and everyone thought it was a, like, Tekken style, like a, like a, more of a, like, tighter fighter, mm-hmm. not like a yeah. platform based fighter like mm-hmm. Smash Brothers. I still think, there is a world where they could have made a PlayStation fighting game and had it be more interesting. I just think they leaned a little hard into that like cartoony mascotty platformy thing. Yeah, and it missed the the sort of the magic that Smash has with the, the thing that I mean literally it's a sumo match, right? Yeah. Um yeah. It's not literally a sumo match, it's not how words work. Mars pretty fat. It's figuratively That's a, a good sumo point, match. Though. That makes sense. It's not really fat. Did you know he's not a plumber anymore? He's yeah, unemployed. Uh, yeah. Unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, that's rough. He did all kinds. Of, he actually the I, my favorite job of his was the the pressure washing business he had in Sunshine. Which is like I don't know. You go out at like four in the morning and there's dudes like washing feces off the streets, and I'm like Mario did that. Uh, I think in all seriousness, the the thing that bumps me out about Vita not really being a thing is that PSP especially, but also Vita was where you kind of gave devs the chance to do everything we're talking about like mm-hmm. we wouldn't have gotten those awesome psp god of war games which means ready to on wouldn't have taken off taken off the way they did without a portable platform yeah and so with no support for vita like that's where we're missing like yeah, sony been making a chart game or like love, daxter game exactly yeah. Yeah. i would love parappa not being a platform or not uh, not being a rhythm game like i don't know i don't think it'd be a platform but like what if they had what if it was like animal crossing but with parappa yeah or find, like a really a yeah. really smart way to tie rhythm in like i mean like you can almost have like a basic rpg where like the combat is rhythm based exactly like, i mean like even like dangarampa one has like a lot of weird like rhythm based mini games stuff. like exactly the battles exactly yeah. like so i think you could even do like more of an a wendon or yeah. uh, a leap beat agents kind of thing but make it a parappa like yeah. there's room to do all kinds of weird stuff on portable and i think it's a bummer that we don't have it because we're missing out on that kind yeah. of experimentation uh johnny athy says which band or artist album would you replace a game soundtrack with i love this because i do this all the time yeah. Uh, yeah i'm always like i'll just get sick of in-game music and i'll just put on my own stuff and one one favorite is uh esquivel's uh songs from other worlds i think it's like this weird like space sounding like like jazz from okay. the 60s and it's like super funky and it totally out of place in basically every video game yeah i think aside from like jazz punk or something yeah. but like <laughs> uh yeah i'll put it on like in yakuza which is kind of fits and yeah. but in like in the witcher like i don't know like i'd be in the middle of like a like a sort of sexy time scene and yeah. like like jen would come out she'd be like so did they like intentionally add the porn music or did you do that 
I did that. Yeah, that was I was me. like, sorry. She's like, you got weird problems with yeah. your games. I do. I like Radiohead's Kid A. It's like a weird, it's a weird album that sounds like, uh, like space depression. Mm-hmm. Like weird intergalactic depression. So I'd put that in a game like, uh, like, uh, Shinobi. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the first game name I could think of. It's weird because like I, if I'm playing a really grindy game or like something that's like monotonous or anything, I'll put on a podcast or put on music. But like I'm actually pretty strict about like wanting to listen to the music of a game. Like I really like in-game music. Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of games with phenomenal scores, but then there's also a certain point where I'm like, oh, I don't need to. Do no, I mean, I agree with that. Like I don't know, it's weird because like I. I, I had to stop when I used to play Katamari. Like I had to be like, I can't listen to any more of yeah. this music or I'm going to go insane. But like everything I listen to is like weird pop punk and it's like totally not going to yeah. fit in any game I play. I don't know. I'll put on like just random like new wave or something when I'm playing battlefield one and I'm like, well, this is offensive. <laughs> kind of cool. I don't know. Cause it's either, it's either, it's like that constant, like team butter has taken the apples or whatever the <laughs> announcer's saying. And there's like this, you know, orchestral swell coming up and then there's this dude screaming and blood flying around or there's this dude screaming and blood flying around the sure. way we're talking about apples and butter. But like, I don't know. And then I'll throw in like, <laughs> like new order or something. Yeah. There's a diva over it. The, the, the upcoming Taylor Swift album comes out the same week as Call of Duty World War Two, So there's, there's a possibility. I'm going to pair the two of those. <laughs> I said there's a possibility. Welp. That's a, uh, <laughs> That's very bad. Yeah, shake shake off those boots on. Not the like me uh, putting like I don't know Bruno Mars over World War One. Uh, <laughs> Alexander Leakey says, "What's your weirdest event story? Example: PAX, E3, Gamescom, etc." I've just wondering here because I have I have one weirdest. Figured as much. I mean, like there are so many Gamescom ones. The first year I went to Gamescom, uh, we were on the public floor. And I went to the bathroom and there were not one, but two just completely naked men just <laughs> changing in like the middle of the front of the, not even in a stall or anything. Like that's not great. And like something that happens, like it's <laughs> definitely weird. There's just like, there's a lot less like shame in, in Europe in general. Like no, I feel like that's a gold for a problem. <laughs> no, no. I mean, so Altano and I went into a clothing store in Cologne and he was like going to try on a shirt and he was like, Hey, is there a place where I can try this on? And the guy was like, Oh, you Americans are so afraid to be naked in front of other people and like brought them to a changing room. But it's like, you had yeah, a changing we're room. We're in public. <laughs> what was Zach's Allo story? Oh yeah. He, uh, he, well, he didn't put the do not disturb thing on his, uh, hotel room and he didn't lock like the deadbolt. So he'd just get out of the shower and like, like I'd be like, Allo and like come to clean the room and just see him naked. Like, but it happened in multiple times. I'm like, at that point, door, at that point you kind of, he was really, he was <laughs> looking forward to it. Right? Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, when, uh, at E3 a couple of years ago, we were staying at this hotel called the, the Fig. Oh yeah. Figueroa. Oh yeah. Here's that's that story. Where we, uh, yeah. That's where we, we recorded our, uh, our very, hold on, hold on. Our everybody very, listen up. It's a good one. <laughs> that was, if you listened to that, uh, episode of that drunk beyond, that was like four hours long. We recorded at that hotel. Uh, but they have, for some reason they have actual physical keys, which is the only hotel I've ever been to. Well, now they don't. Actual right? physical keys. I don't know. They yeah. just got remodeled. Now they fancy. So we got there. I, I, we had worked all day. I went to check in, was very tired. The person at the front desk was just like mean to me and I'm like checking in and, and so she gave me the key. I walked upstairs and I opened, I physically put the key to the room and opened the door and I went in and I'm like, Oh, the TV's on. That's weird. And then I took another step, but I was like, Oh, I hear people. That's weird. And I turned the corner and there was just a couple having sex on the bed and I stood like, I froze for a second. Like I would imagine like if someone pulled a gun on me, my immediate response is to freeze for a second and sort of think about what I'm doing. And then the girl saw me screamed and my only reaction was to hold up my key and back away saying i have a key i have a key which is also not great to say to people yeah i i feel like you probably would better off with just oh, 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 oh. And like, i'm sure that's probably what it sounded like yep. and so yeah. i like backed out went downstairs and like the this the this snooty lady i was like hey uh i walked into my room and there was a couple having sex in there and she huffed and then just gave me a different key for a different room and i'm like you're lucky <laughs> Nothing phases me because that wasn't great. No, I've seen you. I've seen you get phased. It's pretty funny. You do this thing where you're just you get like a little bit, like just you get like kind of magic flute voice a little bit. And you're just like, oh, oh, just like a little bit up there. <laughs> what magic flute? Like voice? that one right there. Oh, okay. Yeah, kind of yeah. like that. That's yeah, you phased you. Yeah, yeah, you got phased. Uh, I'm trying to think of any any weird good ones. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, events in and of themselves are kind of weird. Like you're like out of your element weird. for like. We're working these like completely insane, like 15, 16 hour days and then getting super drunk and getting three hours of sleep and doing it again. And so sure. it's like by like the fourth day, everything's a weird story because yeah. none of us know where we also, are. Also, 
Fun fact, I didn't grow up playing video games because I'm socially adept. Yeah. <laughs> I am terrified of talking to strangers, and somehow that's part of my job description. Is, so, oops. Every once in a while, there'll be like a, an event or a party where it's like, we had a PAX party a couple of years ago for Lara Croft Go. And there was just a bunch, of, like, bunch, a bunch of snakes and a bunch of yeah. poutine. I just remember being like, what? Why, why is have, this happening? I have like probably 60 photographs of me with snakes from that party. <laughs> yep. They're great. It was a good snake party. Um. Yeah, so those are our weird part stories about snakes and nudity and all kinds of stuff. Uh, and this was another fine episode of Beyond. Um, head over to our YouTube channel, please check it out. Check out those funny Let's Plays. We're trying to do more of those and actually play games. I realize it's weird to listen to three people talking about play- playing video games and wanting to play video games and the time they remembered playing games. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can actually watch us play the games, and that's very exciting. So that's youtube.com slash IGN Beyond. Uh, go, please subscribe, leave a comment, say hello, whatever. Yeah. And uh, you can find us all on Twitter. I'm Max Scoville. Marty's McBiggity, and Goldie is Garfep. Still don't know what's up with that. Someday you will. Garfep. Good, uh, what was the good... Uh, great. Perfarg! No, it's bad, right? Uh, right. No, no, it's not that bad. bad. There, there's, oh, the Greg one's bad, yeah. The end! Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.